Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. To those of you in the United States and around the world, and before I talk to my friends around the world, I am live at the Disability N 2023 conference in Orlando, Florida at this beautiful JW Marriott Hotel. And it is, let's see now, 2260 people, something like that, uh, are here. Can you believe it? It's sold out. So, you know, next year, it's in Las Vegas. That's Disability N. .org. And you know what I love about this group? They used to be called the USBLN. And they had to do a name change. And I thought, oh, Lord, don't let them do, like, differently something, as Judy Human would say, or uh, differently abled or anything of that nature. Don't let them do that. And they didn't. It's called Disability N. And while I'm here, David talking about having pride in who you are and talking about your disability, which I think that is so awesome that they are doing that. Uh, But a special shout out to several of my friends who are here fighting the fight. Of course, Jill Houghton, the executive director, um, Philip DeVlieger, who's the head of the over the disability owned business enterprise all of them everywhere in the world. And I guess what? I am the very first Doby. I am the first certified disability-owned business enterprise. And now there are almost 600. Can you believe that? Businesses owned by people with disabilities. I mean, it's so, so awesome. Uh, and to Kathleen Castori, who's so wonderful. Uh, but I also have to have a shout out to Colleen Mascia from Pfizer, who is, and, and Christy, who is, they're, they're going to be on my radio show. Wow, what giants they are in the disability community. They are awesome. And Nidra Dixon, Nidra from Accenture. She is just the queen. She's phenomenal. So a special shout out to them. And last but far from least, that great entertainer, Lachi. You know Lachi? Lachi is blind and she's a phenomenal vocalist and she's performing Wednesday night, but you can go back and you can hear her on one of my radio shows, L-A-C-H-I, Lachi. She's phenomenal. Well, about my listeners around the world, hey, from China to Australia, we have countries with listeners. I want to tell you how much it means to me that uh, you are all listening, and especially in Brazil with Richard Roberts. Look out, Richard. I've been talking to companies here that have operations in Brazil, so you better be ready for me when I get there in Ganyan Cho in South Korea. These are both with the State Department, the people that I'm talking about, and Cheryl Harris, who is at the State Department, and DC, who I first met when I did a live show for Tunisia uh, and Libya, and my good friend in 
Kazakhstan than you mean. A special shout out to all of you and to someone Theo knows well, and that is Yoshiko Dart. Yoshiko, I got to tell you all something. Guess what? I have a disability pride tree in my office. See, I keep from Christmas the whole year. I have a tree in my office. I mean, a regular size tree, not a little tree. And I decorated for the different holidays. I thought, I'm going to be one of the first people. I'm going to have a disability pride tree. And Yoshiko, yes, I ordered the hat the Justin Dart hat, and it is the treetop. I'm going to send you a picture. Then I have all these disability rights leaders uh, on on the tree, you know, pictures of them on the tree. So anyway, is that awesome? And hi, Mark. Thank you once again for continuing to be such a great sponsor. Well, I'm going to tell you, we almost didn't get this speaker today, Theo Brady, who's the executive director of the National Council on Independent Living, because where I am is peanuts compared to where he is right now as we are speaking. Yes, he's at the White House, and he took time to talk to all of you around the world. Uh, I'm lucky he didn't bump me out there. Theo, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you so much. Uh, can you hear me okay? I do. I hear you awesome, very well. Awesome. Awesome. I wasn't sure if I was going to make it. Uh, I, 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 just to let you know how important this interview is, I left the vice president and I left Secretary Budovich uh, in the middle of their speaking to come here. Um, and, and so I'm excited. I just did not want to let you down. I know we had a problem before. And so I was going to make this one. So uh, here I am. Does that show you what he's like? All you listeners around the world in the United States, are you hearing? He's there now. He's there now at the White House for celebrating Disability Pride Month. And he stepped out to be on this show. That's what he's like. A man of his word. Although I have to say... That's great competition I have there, Theo. <laughs> White House, that is great competition. Well, Theo, yeah. you are known nationally uh, and now internationally as a great disability rights leader. He, Theo is in this phenomenal new role as the executive director of NICL, such a prestigious uh, national disability rights organization. And he, you actually, in your past, you've been appointed to positions by two governors. Uh, and you went also, you were also selected by Senator Casey. I had to think about that. And 2022, as one of four black leaders in Pennsylvania who has demonstrated power and persistency in overcoming challenges and help make a change in the state of Pennsylvania and also acknowledged on the Senate floor at the congressional hearing. But guess what? Now I will have to add the White House. It's like, <laughs> what are we now? Our little state of Pennsylvania. Now I have to add, and he's been frequently to the White House. So I guess I moved that up on my uh, introduction here. But 
He graduated from Temple University. He also has a BSW from Edinburgh, and where he served as an adjunct professor. And now he is the new executive director, and we have him with us. So, Theo, you know what they're talking about here? They're saying everyone needs with a disability needs to tell their story. Or mm. if you have a child with a disability or a partner, mm-hmm. whatever it is, you need mm-hmm. to tell your story to really see change. So with yeah. you, let's start with your story from childhood on. I know you were an athlete. Uh, but I know that in football, that changed your life forever. And then you went on to all these great things. So let's hear your story, Theo. <laughs> we all got this story, George. You yeah, know that. All, you know that what brings it. us in, into this whole world of, of disability. And my, my story started in, in Georgia, right? I'm originally from Watley, Georgia, right? And um, we was dirt poor. Uh, I, when I say that, I, don't, I, I mean you could look through the floor and see the dirt. Right, so I grew up very poor, and uh, but I always wanted to play football and basketball. Uh, so my 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 whole life was about sports. But at age fifteen, I, I broke my neck. I was trying to make a tackle, and I slipped. And as I was catching my my balance, uh, I, I still made impact, and and it broke my neck at the C four C five level. And I became paralyzed, and I often tell people, because they know Christopher Reed, uh, his injury, what level that is, by by seeing him. On, uh, by seeing him, so I was at that same level, C four, C five, and um, that opened up a whole other world for me. Right, uh, I came back home, I uh, was from a single mother household, and my mother didn't know what to do, and back in 1975. Uh, the only option for, for me and a lot of other people was to go into a nursing home, right? And so uh, my mother checked me into a nursing home at age 15. And I spent about a year in that nursing home. And trust me when I say this, then I'm going to say it again, the nursing home is no place for anyone. And um, But luckily, my, my sister wanted me um, not to be in that situation. Right, and she she brought me up here. She she paid for a plane ticket, and they they gathered their money together, and they flew me up to Pennsylvania, thinking I would get better rehab. And so that's where my life in Pennsylvania started. Uh, and and so that's that's my beginning story, right? Um, and what catapulted me into this that. life. Go ahead. Yeah, I just want to say one thing, and then you can continue on. I want to say, mm-hmm. well, first of all, thank God for your sister, because we all know I call those homes or facilities prisons because mm-hmm. people with disabilities get sent there and other people, and then it's terrible. Uh, but anyway, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. What made yeah. you decide, though, that you wanted to be an advocate? Well, I often share this. What happened was... When I came up here, I went into this place. They called it Elizabethtown Hospital for Crippled Children at the time, right? It's now a college, but it was then it was called Elizabethtown Hospital for Crippled Children in Pennsylvania. And I was there when I was, you know, I think I was around maybe 16 around that time. Uh, and I wanted to stay up past 6 o'clock, and they wasn't having it. So they got two big old orderlies 
to force me into bed, right? And yeah, I'm a teenager. And, you know, just because you have a disability don't mean you're not going to have your teenage ways, right? And so uh, I, I was rebellious, and I wanted to stay up. And they physically forced me into bed, and that was my first indication that people with disabilities don't have choice. People with disabilities uh, can just be forced into a situation, and there's nothing they can do about it. And I came out of that with, with this belief that I was going to be a fighter, right, and that I was never going to give up. And, and that's something I try to teach my kids. You know, you just got to never give up, never give up, never give up. And that's the mentality, that, that mindset I had after coming out of that. And, and, I, and I believe that was the beginning of, of my advocacy, uh, Joyce. Wow. Is it that's, uh, what a story and what, how that happens. It does. It happens to yeah. people with disabilities. I wanted to ask you, um, when you first, after you had your um, accident, people that you were friends with or people you knew, how did they treat you after? Good question. Good question. Um, I went back to school. I tried to go back to school, right? Uh, but I, I, had to, I had to drop out uh, because when I went back and, and they had to carry me on the bus, you know, and I had to experience all of that. And, and they set me in this room, a quadriplegic. And they set me in the corner and I sat there and no one talked to me the whole time. Uh, not even the teacher. Oh, my God. And that was the not first the day. Teacher. That was the first day and, and the last day I ever went to school. I, I did not go back. It was so traumatic to me, I did not go back. And I, I, I cried and I told my mom I just couldn't go. I wasn't going to go through that humiliation anymore. And, and, and um, I think that was one of the reasons why I had to go into the nursing home because he had to do something with me. And, uh, uh, but I, I was not going back to that school. And so my question, to answer your question there is, uh, out of all of those kids, and I was a very popular kid. I really was. I was an athlete. And only one person that I, I have, uh, over the years, ever remained in contact with me. And we are still friends to this day. And uh, he was my best friend, and he hung in there with me. But everybody else, I, I lost completely connection with. Never really saw again. That is so sad. So sad. Yeah. You know, I, li I live with epilepsy, as you know, and uh, there are young people that, like, if someone sees them at school have a seizure, they don't want to be around them. Some of this has not changed, sadly. Now, how did you mm -hmm. get educated while you were in that nursing home? Well, that nursing home was an education, I tell you, because all I heard was, you know, older people screaming throughout the night. Right. I can still if I really sit here and think about it, I could probably conjure up that that scream because it was it was just people in pain. Right. And I here I am uh, 15, 16 years old listening to that as I try to sleep. Uh, and it went on all night. And and that was that was just a horrible period of time. I'm not going to even try to dress that up at all. That was a horrible, miserable part of my life. Uh, that, that, that caused me a lot of nightmares. 
And, um, uh, but I, I came out of that. And, uh, again, like you said, I, I do appreciate, and I thank my sister to this day for, for, for doing that for me, because where would I be if she would have not got me out of that nursing home? Right. I, I know people who get institutionalized and they feel that their only option is that nursing home. And that's why it's so important oh, for us true. to try to change this institutional bias that keeps coming back to us over America. And we can talk about that later, but uh, it is so important um, for people to recognize that. And, and I don't even know why uh, we still have those other than the fact it's all about money, but that's another interview. Uh, 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 because every, every legislator I ask, you know, do you want to live in a nursing home? I, I haven't got an answer yes yet. I, but yet they still exist. Oh, yeah, they exist all right. Um, then how did you go to school? Did you go to school when you come back to Pennsylvania? When, you know, when how I, did yep, you get I, your high school diploma? Yep, good question. I, I, after I left and came back in, my, my sister flew me up here. Uh, and and while I was at this place, Elizabethtown Hospital of Crystal Children, when those two big orders put me in the bed, there was uh, a pleasant part of it because I had a therapeutic um, uh, recreational therapist there and he challenged me to get my GED, and uh, I, I I was interested in it, but he stayed with me, and 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 I I did it, and I, and I got it, and I will tell you to this day, you don't get nowhere in this world without good people, right? And 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 everybody always talk about you pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Uh, that's a lie. Right. There there are people out there that help you along the way. And if you are willing to, to see those individuals, uh, they are there. And and that and that person helped me uh get my GED and I'll be forever grateful for that because that was one of the things that I I didn't think I was able to do it and he convinced me I could. Wow. You see, I always tell people in your life, you will meet someone, one person, mm -hmm. that you could make a yep. decision, a decision that will change their life for the good yep. or the bad. Uh, um, and your that guy was one of those people. Wow, yes, that is a great he, he story. Was. Well, what? And that's, that, what that started me along that, my way. I'm sorry, go ahead. And then you went on to school. You went on to school then. You went mm -hmm. to uh, college, two different colleges. You graduated from Temple, and then you went to Edinburgh. And, you know, isn't it sad that Edinburgh does not have that service they used to have? Oh, my goodness, They yeah. would have, like an, like, an apartment almost that you stayed in with your own yep. personal attendant. Oh, that's so sad that they don't have that anymore because so many people it, that enabled them to be able to go to school. Oh my goodness. Yes, George. Uh, I went through that and I know so many other people who went through that. That was a devastating decision for them to stop that because that really, that really has helped that model really helped a lot of people who are doing wonderful things. Even to this day came out through, came through Edinburgh university. A bunch of disability leaders came through that 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 period of time, uh, and are doing the extraordinary things even to this day. 
And and for that to end like it did, that that was really an injustice. So I agree with you. That really was, yep. Um, Okay, well, now a lot of people have a disability, but not all of them decide, I'm going to have a life working in advocacy and policy um, and and you went full force into this area. How did that happen? Like, how did you end up getting first Nickel, Pennsylvania, and now, as I said, here you are talking to me from the White House. Uh, just think, from that nursing home to the White House. How about that for a story? From nursing yeah, home that, that, to White House. <laughs> That's a crazy from story. Not being able, from not being able <laughs> to do anything after 6 o'clock to the White House. I mean, yeah. wow. Such yeah. poor young people with disabilities listening to this show. This just shows you it is possible. People yeah. may tell L- you. Life, life is possible. It's filled with possibilities. And, and again, I say um, you can't get anywhere in this world without other good people. Right, I you know I didn't pull myself up by my bootstraps. There was a lot of people who helped me along the way, right? And you know, and and uh, the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation is one of those organizations, right? I don't believe I would be here today if I did not get support through the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation, who paid for a lot of my schooling and, uh, and my undergraduate school. Uh, that's how I, that's how I was able to afford it. Right through office vocational rehabilitation, I wouldn't have been before it. Uh, but you know, as long as I did the work, as long as I was willing to get good grades, they kept supporting me. Right, and yeah. and and once I realized that learning was all about how much work you put into it, I, I'm I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I never was, but I I I, I do the work. Right. And so it, some, some students, they don't even have to study. <laughs> they just know this stuff. Me, on the other hand, I got to do the work. I got to do the hard work of reading and studying. And so I just put the work in, Joyce. Right? Uh, I believe it might take me longer to learn something, but I put the work in. And so that was the secret to my, my education. It might have took me a little bit longer than some of the smarter students but nobody was not going to outwork me. And and once I realized that, you know, a bunch of doors opened for me. I just, I was just willing to do the work. I often, often say this, uh, 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 something that Kevin Hart always says, uh, everybody want to be famous, but nobody want to do the work. <laughs> and so, uh, no, that's that, what I that say is, to anybody. Yeah, that is that is that is true though. That is yeah. true. That's like uh, that. I don't follow golf, but the famous player of old, Gary Player, he said some woman went up to him one day and she was watching him hit golf balls, you know, off the green, and she said, "I'd give anything to swing a golf ball like you." And mm-hmm. he said, "Yeah, you'd give anything if you could just do it." like me now, but not the hitting 500 golf balls till your hand bleeds for years and years. You know, people just don't wake up and hear that. One day, he wakes up and there he is. I mean, you put your hard work 
into it. You made it happen. You did. Yeah. What you, the you hell? Got, you, you, I agree you. <laughs> yeah. A lot and of then, people help okay, you, but you got to put in. You got to put in the work. People are not going to help you if they see you're not going to put in the work, right? That's right. And 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 so when people saw that, all of my professors, all of my professors, they knew it took me a little bit longer to to, to learn stuff and so forth, but they saw that I was willing to do the work, so they spent that extra time with me. And 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 that's what that really is the key to a lot of successes is is just are you willing to do the work? Are you willing to do the work when nobody else is willing to do it? Right? Are you going to work when everybody else is taking vacation? When when I was in undergraduate school, I never went home through the summer. I never went home. I stayed and took extra credits while I was uh, when everybody else was going home for summer vacation. I was I was in the classroom. Right, and and that kind of work ethic can get you a long ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. You, uh, you, you are so giving great advice to young and adults listening to this show with disabilities. I always tell them it isn't just going to happen. It isn't just going to help it happen. But as I said. You need help along the way, but then you're so right what you said. If you don't do yeah. it, they're not going to help you and, again. And this is and this is another thing, George, is that when you do the work and you are prepared, when that opportunity comes, you're ready for it. When an opportunity comes, you can't start mm-hmm. getting ready. You, you got to be ready mm-hmm. by doing all the work and being prepared. So when that opportunity comes and the door opens, uh, you know, you can you can step right into it, and that's what happened with me. Mm-hmm. Even right now, with, mm-hmm. with with nickel and and with all the stuff that I'm doing, I was ready for it, right? Because I had put in the work. So when the opportunity presented itself, why not? Right, and thank goodness you did. Well, Theo, um, how did you get to the Independent Living Center in Pennsylvania? And then go mm-hmm. to nickel. How did that all happen? Well, that's a crazy story. Uh, uh, when I came out of uh, Temple University with my master's degree, um, uh, I knew nothing about independent living. I was just looking for a job, right? And so an opportunity came up where I could volunteer um, uh, on this organization. It was a coalition of people who was writing the grant for Pennsylvania, this was way early, 1988, right? And uh, they was getting together to, to write this grant uh, for um, a Center for Independent Living in Pennsylvania. And, I, you know, I was just straight out of graduate school. And, and so I recognized that volunteerism was the key to getting employment, so I volunteered. And while they was organizing and writing the proposal, once it got awarded, the president of that coalition saw my commitment to work, asked me would I be willing to apply for the position. And I, again, I knew none about running the Center for Independent Living, right? Uh, but I went through the process of that interview. All I had was my master's degree. And, and, and that, with that willingness to do the work, she saw it, and she, and she hired me. 
And I got that job back in 1989 of February. And all she gave me was a key and an empty third, a third floor, right? They had, they had got this facility on the third floor, and they gave me a key. And, they, and she told me, and her name was Marsha Graham. She told me, start a center. Right. As far as day she told me. And so I I oh I, I got I got that key, George, and, and I started researching. And I researched and I came up with the name of Ed Roberts. I came up with the name of Justin uh, Dart. I came up with the name uh, of Martin uh, uh Maggie Trees, right? And I flew all of those guys in and spent time with them. Right? especially Ed Roberts. I spent two weeks with him and, and he, uh, he just showed me the ropes, right? And he, it was new for him at the time too. And he was just telling me and I sat there and I listened and he, and he talked to me about, you know, being, you know, your own best advocate. Right. And he talked to me about doing the art, doing the work and, and learning, you know, and I, and, and sometimes we don't know when we are with somebody how great they will be, right? I didn't know what Ed Robert was going to turn into in the history books. I really didn't. And if I did, I probably would have spent more time. I would have listened a little bit more, and I, I certainly would have took more pictures. But we don't know that when we we're with somebody at the time. And I was with Ed, and I was with Justin, and, and I was with Magistreet, and I just spoke to Magistreet a couple months ago, and she's still around. And and those people poured a lot into me, Joyce, and got me really into independent living and what that meant, you know, and, and how empowering, you know, uh, fighting a system that was not designed for people with disabilities and, and what you had to do to make that happen. Uh, and when I got that, you know, I, you know I, I did my own thing with it. You know, I put my own personality to it. And, and that's how it all kicked off. Uh, that's how I started wow. that center of independent living. Uh, that was an empty floor. And I hired everybody. And I took it from 199000 uh, By the time I left, it was around $10 million. Wow. And, and so uh, it, was, it was a nice ride. I did that for 31 years. Wow. Wow. Look at you and, now. And, that is a great story. Well, you learned from the best. You learned from the best with uh, the people you just said that you talked to. You learned from the best. And I mean this, George. You, you, didn't know, you don't know when you're with the best when you're with the best. <laughs> yeah, well, you were. Well, hey, everyone. It's time for our news break. And I know you're okay. going to be excited when I tell you that our famous anchor that we've missed so much, Harry Jude Radisick, is back with us. Oh, my God, am I glad she's back. Harry, I'm so glad you're back, Perry. We are ready uh, for Jill. the news from you. Oh, great. I, it feels great to be back. And, uh, I mean, it's Pennsylvania Day on your show. So uh, that's just uh, terrific that's right. to hear. It's Pennsylvania and, Day. Uh, well, Joyce, this is also uh, <laughs> this is great timing uh, that Theo's on because um, the National Council on Disability announced the date and time of their next quarterly meeting, 
So the council is going to meet in person in D.C. on July 12th and the 13th. So that's tomorrow and Thursday. But if you can't get to D.C. or you're not in D.C., the council is going to live stream their meeting over Zoom. The meeting is going to run from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Tuesday, 10 a.m. to 12.30 p.m., on Wednesday, and something very special. The council's also going to have their own celebration of the anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act uh, at 6 p.m. Uh, on Tuesday. So this is very exciting. There's a separate registration for the ADA celebration on Eventbrite. Um, the council meeting, as I said, will be available uh, over Zoom, so anyone can uh, join this meeting or use the telephone number associated with Zoom. Uh, registration's not required, but the National Council on Disability certainly asks you to register so they know who's around. Um, they've also arranged for ASL and CART for the meeting. Now, uh, really important at this meeting, the council's going to have multiple panels that are going to focus on health disparities for people with disabilities. And not only will there be experts in the field of disability, but they're also going to have the presidents of the American Medical Association and the American Dental Association. So this is a, a really great opportunity uh, to hear from our experts and from the presidents of these medical associations and dental associations about health disparity. The agenda has been released. Where do you get this information? Go to disabilityrightspa.org. That's disabilityrightspa.org. Click on today's Advocacy Matters segment on the homepage. That's where you'll find all the information. So, you know, Advocacy Matters, there's always an opportunity for public comment uh, at the end of their uh, meetings. So tune in for the National Council on Disabilities. You'll hear Theo at that meeting and uh, uh, also join their ADA celebration, Joyce. Oh, that is, I want to tell you, Perry, I'm not kidding you. My listeners missed you. So now I have you <laughs> back. I'm not letting you go again. I'm going to have to pre-record you ahead of time. Well, thanks. Hey, well, thanks, Perry, Joyce. thank you I, so much. I missed your show. Well, we missed you, but we All have right. you back now. Um, and by the way, right. Theo, Perry Jude is one of your fans, just so you know. Oh, no, I, I'm, I'm her fan. I'm her fan. And oh, like you're she her said, fan. I am. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, like she said, I'm a member I'm, of that National Disability Council, and I'll be there. Uh, and I love the work that the council is doing. And so if you can make it to there, come, please do. If not, uh, definitely tune in. All right. That's good. Hey, thanks, Perry. And we will yeah. talk yeah. to you again next week. Bye-bye. Right, take care, Joyce, yeah. Theo. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Theo, Perry's done my news break for over uh, five years. Oh, uh, I, I did not know that. <laughs> yes, for over she, and she always brings right on target news uh, for all of our listeners. And she yeah, just, yeah. she is just so, uh, just so awesome. Yeah, she um, is awesome. Awesome lady. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you were talking about the nursing home, I, way, way back, do you remember when Bill Christner was the head of the Three River Center for Independent Living in Pittsburgh? Uh-huh, no, yep. And Vince Sarney, Linda Dickerson, my late friend Linda Dickerson, had Mr. Sarney 
uh, on the board. And their big initi initiative that Linda and Mr. Sarney specifically wanted was getting people out of nursing homes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when I talk people with disabilities, I'm sorry, people with disabilities out of nursing homes, and a lot of times when I talk to people, they can't believe when I tell them, you know, they're also young people and young adults with disabilities that have ended up in a nursing home. And, and they're just shocked when I tell them that. But mm -hmm. I, first of mm -hmm. all, you know it from your own life. But even still today, doesn't that go on even still today, Theo? Yeah, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Uh, I can talk about the National Council, just like you just mentioned, the National Council on Disability did a report. And one of those reports indicated that uh, the, 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 the significant amount of people in nursing homes are just over 30 years old. Wow. Those are the Amazing. majority of people in nursing homes. 30 years old, right? Why would a 30-year-old person need a nursing home? Obviously, those individuals have disabilities, right? And and they they too feel that their only options are because there's no housing, there's you know there's no infrastructure for people with disability. They are, they they and 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 the, and the this institutional bias that is created so almost force people to be in into nursing homes or go into institution like that. And not even to mention how many people we lost during the pandemic. Uh, in regard to uh, how that was uh, all played out, uh, it was a significant amount of people with disabilities uh, uh, that also died in nursing homes. And that report indicated that as well. Um, nursing homes are no place for anyone for, for sure. But why would a person 30 years old or so feel that that's their only solution? We got to do something about America and the institutional bias, and and yes, we're working on it. But I'm telling you right now, uh, it is it is creeping its way back in, uh, and if we as advocates don't pay attention to it, uh, it's gonna it's gonna get a lot worse before it get better. You know that is really, really sad. I mean, it's so terrible. It's tragic. It really is because what you were saying, you know, during COVID and the and the pandemic, oh, so many people, as you know, were just killed in all these. So many people died in nursing homes, and, and yeah. when there is when there's an emergency that happens, so often the person gets sent to a nursing home, a person yeah. people with this like a flood yeah. or a hurricane. Um, so, Theo, how can we do something about that? Like, what can we do? Uh, it's, 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 we're, we're creating a lot of reports. Uh, the National Council on Disability and putting it out. They did a report on, on, on home and community-based services. So the best thing you can do now uh, is what we're doing at, at, at Nickel right now in regard to we're supporting uh, two major bills right now. The HBCS bill, the Home and Community Based Service Act, uh, and also the uh, Better Care, Better Job Act. Both of those were introduced by Senator Casey. 
Uh, and both of those, those acts deals with community living and getting people and changing the institutional bias to a community bias, right? And, and unfortunately, even with the ADA, even with Olmstead, even with money for the person, we still have an institutional bias. And so we got to change that. And we're working very hard to get those two legislation passed. And so that's one of the two major things you can do right now is, is to talk to your, your, your congressman. Talk to him about uh, the HBCS uh, uh, Act as well as the uh, Better uh, Care, Better Jobs Act. Uh, and 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 push those through legislation. I think we got a good chance of getting those passed, and that is going to create a significant amount of money in regard to community living. And, and not only that, uh, it also going to provide some monies toward increasing uh, direct care workers' salaries. And I'm talking about attendant care. Uh, and 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 a lot of people don't know this, but right now. People with disabilities who rely on attendant care, it's, a, it's in a crisis, right? It was really in a crisis during the pandemic, and it hasn't recovered. There are just no direct care workers out there, right? And, oh, and, and agencies agencies are are, are are closing their doors because they can't stay afloat. Well. And, what are what are we doing? I mean, what what do people do? People. I know about this from, as you know, Vendor Consulting Services, the company I own, is a for-profit company that focuses on the employment of people with disabilities. Well, they work from home because we started remote work. And one Mm -hmm. of my employees who has cerebral palsy and is in a wheelchair, it was terrible what we went through to get him someone to come. You know, personal attending. What mm-hmm. the heck? Uh, what do you think's happening to people? For example, in poor areas, what? I, I guess if they don't have a family, they'll end up in a nursing home. That's what'll happen. Right, right, right. And that's that's why it's important. So get involved with Nickel. Get involved with the National Council of Independent Living. We are advocating. You know, if you can come to the rally uh, on 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 the twenty sixth and and DC. Because we are, we're marching, we're having a rally right in front of the hotel, and we're marching towards the Capitol, uh, and we are asking for uh, those two acts, and we're going to be meeting with, the, with, with legislators, and we're going to be talking to them face-to-face in regard to how these two major acts need to be put in place in order to keep people out of nursing homes and into the community living with support services. Because everybody that live in a nursing home, and I want to say it again, everybody that live in a nursing home, those monies can follow them into their community, and they can live at their home with right support services. It's just we got to change and fight this mindset that comes from the institutional uh, lobbyists, right? It's all about money, right? Nursing homes exist because money. They're making money off of people. Right by keeping them there, they make money off of it, and unfortunately, you know, Medicaid plays a role with that because that money is going uh, to those providers and, and those businesses, and and people 
are suffering. People are dying in institutions. Uh, we said after years and only through this pandemic that they realized that we was right. And, and, and all those places was, was a haven for abuse, neglect, and disease. And what, what bothered me a lot, uh, George, is we found this out through that, that nurse, uh, through the National Council on Disability Reports, is that they realized in prisons that they could not put those prisoners in congregate settings because the COVID would spread. They knew that. But they still allow people from hospitals, they direct them right back into the nursing home. So they protected the prisons, but when it came to people with disabilities and nursing homes, they didn't care. They just put them all back in there so they could get uh, uh, contract COVID. And, and, and that blew my mind. But that that's how America feel about older folks and people with disabilities. They devalue them, and so they place these individuals in these out-of-way institutions, out of sight, out of mind, because that's where that comes from, right? And, 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 and all kinds of abuse occurs, and people die. Now, they investigate it, and they're looking at all these things, uh, but it's too late. We lost a lot of people, right? And, and, and if we don't keep a watchful eye right now, and if we don't fight for this, it'll slowly come back. So contact Nickel. Get more information about what we're doing so you are educated enough to speak to your legislators, and let's get these two uh, acts passed. Yeah. Hey, by the way, if you want to make a donation to Nickel, which I hope you will, do you just go to ncil.org? Is that what you do, Theo? Yes, yes, yes. Go to, N- go so. to N- ncil.org, donate. And, you know, yes. you're hearing all this, and if you're sitting there saying, that's terrible, oh, my God, is that horrible? Yeah, well, people can't make a difference like Theo without resources. So make a donation, join Nickel, be a member, and if you're in D.C., what time is the walk? It started at 930, okay. right in front of the uh, Grand Hyatt in Washington, D.C. Uh, we're going to have speakers, and hopefully we're going to have Senator Casey there to, to kick it off. And then we're just going to march to the Capitol. And once we get there, we we got an organized, orchestrated way of, of meeting with different legislators. And the most important thing, though, George, is this. America needs to see that people with disabilities are, that they, they exist. They got to see those individuals in numbers, right? And, and, and we are so busy and fighting amongst ourselves and not coming together. That, that's why I, I think the challenge is for us to come together and start working and walk, operating in these different little silos because discrimination and oppression uh, hit home to all of these marginalized groups, right? And, and so we got to recognize that we got to have this unified, unified voice, but we got to really come together and show that we can, cut, we can do these things in greater numbers. Uh, you know, legislation, not, legislation is not going to pass just by uh, a handful of people being out there, right? Uh, uh, you might bring the attention, you know, but when we get when we get thousands and thousands of people out there marching on the Capitol and and meeting with legislators, 
things would happen, and I think good things would happen. And they would know just like we did with the ADA, just like we did with Section 504, do we have that? It was a lot of people pushing for that. We got to get back to that. We got to get back to it is right. We do. Well, it's time for what's going on at Bender, and I think We've got Scott on hold. Mr. Scott Hammerstrom, are you there with us, our manager at the Bender Leadership Academy? Joyce, I sure am. Thank you so much for having me on. And Theo, um, what an informative show. It's, it's been a great show so far, and, uh, and I'm glad, uh, glad to be on. Well, guess what, Scott? He's at the White House. Did you hear that part? I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna I did telling, hear that. Gonna, How exciting. Gonna, that is, gonna, that's I, awesome. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be telling vice, the vice president, hey, I got Theo to talk to me. So, there. <laughs> <laughs> so, Scott, yeah. wait, Scott wait, what news do you have for us today? Yeah. Well, I know it is uh, July, Joyce, and it is summer, but that doesn't stop Bender Leadership Academy because we have some classes going on. Um, we have two. We have a work readiness program that we have during the summer, and we have two classes going on at two different high schools, and next week is their graduation on July 20th, so I am fortunate enough I'm going to get to go to both uh, classes to hand out uh, our graduation certificate to all the students because um, they've been doing uh, very hard work for the last three or four weeks, and they um, and they'll get uh, to graduate next week. Um, they got to learn about you know about what resumes are and about interviewing. They get to do a, a vision board. Um, we go over like what colors are parachutes from um, for teens, and so these um, students have been absolutely amazing, and I cannot wait to. To, to celebrate with them their big success of graduating from one of our programs. Oh, that is so. And I mean, and oh, let's say, and that same day we are kicking off our digital access at work class um, on July twentieth, and that is teaching our uh, young students with disabilities who have an interest to learn about digital accessibility. Um, accessibility on websites or documents and all those uh, different things, um, they get to learn about that. And after they graduate that from that program, they get to move forward if they're interested with our partner, AudioEye, and they can continue on their training. And at that point, they're going to get paid for, uh, for taking classes and then be able to do some, um, some work after that. So uh, we're very excited uh, about that. But if there's any uh, young students out there um, who are interested, you know, please contact us or go to our website because uh, we have some, a few more spots open. All right. Oh, that's great. And I encourage you to go to BenderLeadership.org and you can read all about the great work where we're helping high school students with disabilities prepare for the world of work and fight bullying and not be ashamed that they are living with a disability, including a mental health disability. Hey, Scott, thank you so much for calling in. Oh, you're quite welcome. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Okay, you too. So, Theo, I mean, wow. You have accomplished so much, really, you have in your life. So I have to ask you this question. Who is your role model? Like, what what has given you the strength to do all this? Who who has inspired you? 
Oh, wow. Um, I, you know, I, I, I have to go back to Ed Roberts, right, and Justin Dart and, and Maggie Street. Those are the people who mentored me, uh, and, and those are the people I rely on for my foundation and what I do uh, and, and so forth. Um, but in regard to present day, uh, I, 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 I seek a lot of uh, admiration for my church, uh, my pastor, you know, and and, and so uh, I, I've learned a lot uh, from from watching and listening to what what my church does and then people in my community does uh, and do on a day to day basis, and I, and I try to do the same thing. I, I believe, you know, one of the person that that I have always admired was was Robert Kennedy, and 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 uh, uh, and. Um, and one of the things I, I always learn from that is those individuals who have a lot are obligated to give a lot, right? And and so I I believe, and a lot of people look at me, and they don't think I have a lot, but I got a lot. <laughs> I got a lot. And so I, I make it a point to give a lot because I believe I, I'm, I've been blessed in that in that way. Uh, and, and so I just give back. And I believe I was put on this world to do that. Uh, so, um, so someone like, like, uh, 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 Senator Casey, right. Senator Casey Jr. I, I, I believe, and, and I, and I love that guy because he's genuine, right. He really do work, oh, he is. Uh, he is. on behalf he is. of people who are marginalized and, 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 and that's kind of, you know, people, person I want to be, right. I, I, so I model myself the same way because, you know, there are a lot of people out there that don't have a voice. They just don't have a voice. And so, so people who have power and influence, who have a voice, they got to speak on behalf of those who don't have that voice, right? And, and so I, I've been fortunate in my life to be elevated to the place where I can speak on behalf of those individuals who, who are not in my position. And, you know, I think Senator Casey does the same thing, right? And, and, and so when you are in a place where you got some influence, you better use that, right? Because you're not always going to have it. Oh, how true is that? Give and it shall be given unto you. Uh, yes, and, and that is monetary and just giving back of yourself. You know, mm -hmm. if you don't do that, you're, you're not worth being here. And I'm going to tell you, Theo, we're getting ready to end, end the show. But what a great show with you on Disability Pride Month right directly from the White House. So, uh, yes, Theo, you can, you, you, that's a first. <laughs> yeah, that is a first, Theo. And in the words, we always have a quote to end the show. And today that quote is, lead on. Amen. Me, Yoshiko? I, I know Yoshiko's hearing me. Lead on, said the great Justin Dart. This is Joyce Bender. America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. And before I go, I have to mention two things. One, 
Maria Town is at this event, the CEO of AAPD, and she too, she too is leading on, uh, fighting the fight. And last but not least, in the words of Mary Brocker, remember, choose joy. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. We are the leader in live Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.